Hey there, family members, Yem again, and welcome back to the Fangirl, where I'm about to cover chapter three of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. If you don't know the logic behind there, I read it. Basically, every time I've tried to speak about Harry Potter, there is a lot of backlash because I've never read the books, and I've never read the books because I have dyslexia and it takes me forever to read. Even with something that has, you know, larger print and good spacing, I'm still reading a lot of paragraphs over and over and over before it really sinks into my head and it is a complete thought that makes sense. So welcome to my very long and daunting process. Anyways, chapter three of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone are, what is it exactly? Letters from no one, something like that. Do, do, do. Nope, that's the vanishing glass went too far. Yeah, the letter from no one. And this is where the letters from Hogwarts start showing up at the Dursley's house but they don't want them there. So they're kind of tearing them up and burning them. And then more letters keep coming until the house starts filling up. And so they abandon the house and they go to a motel where letters start showing up. And then they go out to this little cabin, like way out in the ocean on this solo rock apparently. And then in the dead of night, as Harry is about to turn, I believe he said 11, boom, this mysterious man shows up. Obviously I know it's gonna be Hagrid because I've seen the movies, but it's still kind kind of interesting how this is all unfolding. Now to get to my notes. And you know, my notes aren't always riveting or theories or anything. Sometimes it's just things that I think, oh, that's important. I should write that down in case I ever need it later. So what I wrote down was that Dudley's gang is comprised of Pierce, Dennis, Malcolm, and Gordon. And I know Pierce went to the zoo with them for Dudley's birthday, but I don't think the other boys have really been mentioned by name before. Oh, before the letters start showing up, there's a lot of chatter about secondary school, which I guess in the UK, is like 7th through 12th grade. And here we are, I believe they said it's June, and Dudley's set to go to secondary school in September, and he's going to Smeltings, which is the same school that his father went to. It's a private school. It's very prestigious and elitist. And then Harry is set to go to Stonewall High, which is just a local public school, and their uniforms are this drab gray. So like Aunt Petunia's dyeing his stuff in the sink with these little smelly gray dye tablets. And I still want to say this. I know I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this, but there is just such a kind of ungrateful attitude from Harry at this point. It bugs me. And I get he's a little kid. He's just in middle school. Of course, he's going to have a very selfish perspective of the world, really. But he complains about his neighbor who watches him. I believe her name was Mrs. Gibbs, but I didn't write it down, apparently. Oops. But he doesn't like her. He doesn't like her cats. He doesn't like having to go over there. But it, it's really like, here's somebody willing to watch you, probably for free, not to mention his aunt aunt and uncle are really doing the same and it's I I don't know until like midway through this chapter I really didn't see the Dursleys as being as unlikable as people describe but I, I'm starting to get a broader sense of why people hate them but all the same it's like yeah from their perspective here's this kid that they didn't want he's a total not even race what do you call a wizard person like is that a class of person what is that maybe it is a race really though it's it's almost more like a religion and i i don't know maybe it makes more sense in that context for the dursleys to see here's this kid that you didn't want you didn't know anything about really and he's dropped on your doorstep he's a whole different faith than you and they're expecting you to bring him up as if 
you're one of his people. Like the Dursleys are very normal, boring people. They're not in the wizarding world. They're not part of that life and they don't like that lifestyle. And it's not to defend it and say like, well, the wizarding world is wrong or anything stupid like that, but it is their life and their home and they're allowed to live how they're comfortable. So just taking on Harry is such a huge burden. And it's like, even though they really don't do a lot for him, it's like Harry is right there ready to complain about every single thing they do and every little misstep they take. And I get the big things, like they're making him sleep in the cupboard under the stairs. I, I fully understand that that is not good, especially finding out later that they have more rooms. You know, it's one thing if there's a two bedroom house and like, well, this is the only space we have for this child. Maybe then that would make sense. But yeah, based on on them having more bedrooms. It's kind of like, wait a minute, that's super messed up. I forgot where I was going with this now. Oh, I think it was that even, even the small things like him having to wear Dudley's hand-me-downs and that's, you know, they're so big on him and that's such a put off and such a horrible thing he has to deal with. Like, yeah, it's unpleasant. Yeah, I understand where a child would hate that, but at the same time, maybe they really don't have the money to do better for him either. But they still have him and they're still trying. And on top of that, you know, trying to keep their own kid happy, which I know he's a brat. I understand Dudley's a brat. I'm not arguing that he's a good kid on the inside because they only describe him as a bully, but all the same, I mean, I, I kind of feel it. I was an only child when my cousins came around, I'd have my aunts and they'd be like, oh, so-and-so's so special, they're so small, let's dote on them and give them all this stuff. And I'm over here like, why am I garbage? So in that regard, I do understand Dudley and why he is not a fan of Mr. Potter and how that could likewise put a lot of tension and stress between not just the cousins, but the aunt and uncle with their nephew. I just feel like there's not enough credit given to the Dursleys that they did take in and keep this child when they could have just called CPS and gotten rid of him the same day. So yeah, they're not perfect, no parent figure is ever going to be perfect. And really the whole reason that Dumbledore left him with the Dursleys was so that they would treat him bad. I mean, it has to be the only logical reason. Because then Harry would come to Hogwarts as a nice little moldable figure that, you know, would be desperate for approval. All right, what else we have here? Oh, when the letter comes for Harry, he says it's the first letter he's ever gotten, but he makes the mistake of trying to open it in front of Uncle Vernon, who just snatches it up and destroys it. And the curious thing about the letter is that it's addressed Mr. H. Potter, the cupboard under the stairs, for Privet Drive, Little Winging Whining, Surrey. I'm from the United States, if you can't tell from my voice. So uh, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce English things. And then there was also a postcard from Aunt Marge, which is Vernon's sister, saying she was sick from eating whelk, whatever that is. But uh, with the letter address, Petunia says something that's very you know, jarring. And again, if you think of this from their perspective, this is not an adventure story. This is a horror story. And Petunia says, how could they possibly know where he sleeps? And that's, that's a very true unsettling thing to think about because that means I'm right and Dumbledore didn't just leave Harry there and obliviously hope that the Dursleys would take good care of him and ignore his parents' wishes of him being raised by Sirius Black, who was not in Azkaban at that point when he was uh, a little orphan baby. So for Dumbledore to know where Harry's sleeping means that he has eyes or ears or both inside the Dursleys' home. So he 
knows that Harry is not being treated very nicely, and yet he left him there for 11 years now. What? But the Dursleys become so unsettled by everything that's going on, Uncle Vernon goes into Harry's cupboard for, I believe they said the first time ever, and he goes, er, yes, Harry, about your cupboard. Your aunt and I have been thinking. You're really getting a bit big for it. We think it might be nice if you moved into Dudley's second bedroom. And this is when they reveal that it's actually a four bedroom house where the Vernon and Petunia share one bedroom. Dudley has one room he sleeps in, one room for all his mostly broken toys, and then a guest room that is only used when Marge comes to visit, which doesn't sound like it's extremely often. Not often enough that she needs her own room at least. And again, that is totally messed up. I will fully agree. Like that's the point where the Dursleys really start sounding, okay, this is, you know, beyond not okay anymore. But after Harry moves into an official bedroom, that's when the second letter comes and it's addressed to Harry in the smallest bedroom. And that freaks out the Dursleys, so they take off for the hotel and the hotel already has what they say is about a hundred of these letters that are addressed to Mr. H. Potter, room 17, Railview Hotel, Cokeworth. And so they run off again, they're going all over the place, don't know where they're going. They finally end up in that weird little cabin out in the ocean, from what it sounds like. And then the last note I have is that Tuesday is Harry's 11th birthday, but I... <sighs> I feel like it's June at this point, but I don't have any context for what day his birthday actually is. And I'm sure it's out there all over the fandom, but I just don't know it. And that's about the point where he's counting down the time and it's midnight, it's his birthday, and Hagrid just poof is showing up out of nowhere, basically. And so my thoughts at this point is I like it better than I thought I would. So there's a plus. Um, it was a little bit strange in how it was being carried out at first, but I think now that the main action is starting to take off, I think it'll pick up and pique my interest a little bit more than it had. But really, I don't know, like these early few chapters have just left me with a lot of curiosities and made me really feel like I was correct in my movie theory that Dumbledore left Harry behind with the Dursleys because he wanted him, woo, scared me, he wanted Harry to grow grow up to be a really pliable student who would just want approval above everything else because he's never had really positive attention. But we'll see where it goes. Maybe I'll have some feelings change. Um, of course, I welcome you guys to comment and tell me all about how you feel about chapter three. Please don't leave me spoilers though. I'm trying to avoid like consuming a bunch of spoilers. I'm reading one chapter, filming one video and trying to keep it roughly in that order. So that way it's not a whole jump that I'm trying to sort through. But those are my notes and thoughts for chapter three of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and I'll see you in about a week with the next part of this series. Thanks for watching, guys.